Welcome, my friends. Welcome. It's that time of the week. The time of the week you've anxiously been awaiting. It's time for the culinarist and the cleverest, the most riveting, and obviously the most entertaining. It is the tastiest and most demystifyingest cooking show in the world. I can be talking about none other than Chef and a Fat Man, the Blue Collar Chefs. Our mobile kitchens are right here at our home of all homes. It is Le Cordon Green, the Big Green Egg Culinary Center. It's right inside 80. It's off 85, just inside 285. Shambly Tucker. Shambly Tucker. It's all right here. You can come to the most incredible store, and uh, they've got a retail center here that is exceptional. They've got every kind of gadget you can want. In fact, I'm going to get some uh, Big Green Egg sunglasses. I'm telling you, oh, yeah. Woo. And you couldn't do it without our tremendous sponsors. Chef and the Fat Man, the Blue Collar Chefs, is proudly brought to you by the Big Green Egg. The, the ultimate, ultimate cooking, cooking experience. experience. And my friends, remember this. If you are cooking on anything else other than a Big Green Egg, you're just heating meat. That's it. I'll tell you, you're very good, sir. You're very astute. I like that. And oh. buy Real Sweet Onions by Schumann Produce, my friends. They're the leaders in Peruvian and Vidalia sweet onions. Of course, it's Vidalia onion season. It is an, a kick, kick tail time for the sweetest onions on earth. My friends, Vidalia onions are great, but real sweet is the sweetest. And I got to tell you, if it doesn't say real sweet on the bag of the tag, it ain't. And my friends, we are joined as we are each and every week by the queen of culinary goodies, the lady who takes wine tasting to a whole nother level on the West Coast. She is our own affable, lovable, and full of it chef of the best. She full is Chef Amanda Egidio. <laughs> Yay, thank you very much. I have a little yodeling there. Yodel. We are rocking and rolling, people. We are having the best time. Got to tell you about what happened yesterday. What happened yesterday? We were at a commercial shoot. Okay. And uh, we were cooking. Whenever you do a commercial shoot for food, and I was doing the food styling, um, you cook a ton of items. Like, we had 18 items that we cooked. One was brisket, one was ribs. And at the end of the day, we had some of both left over. And my idea was, what are we going to do with this? We want to repurpose this. And that's how today's show came about. We decided that we were going to take the brisket and make brisket, biscuits, and gravy. So that's the first thing we're going to do today, and that is super cool, super fun, and I bet you never had it before. Number two thing we're going to do today is with the ribs. We had some um, Kansas City-style baby back ribs, and with that, we are going to turn it into a quesadilla and make some apple slaw wow. to go with it. I'll tell you what, it sounds absolutely Exciting. And we're going to talk about different ways. You know, one of the biggest problems people have is they, they always have some leftover ribs. They always have some leftover brisket because they always think they don't cook enough. And then when they realize not everybody's going to eat a rack. Now, <laughs> fat people like me, I can eat a rack. But when they say, well, you know, I want to make sure they have enough ribs. And guess what happens? What happens? You get leftovers. Yep. Tons and tons of leftovers. And the problem with leftovers is when you got them. Come on in, folks. When you got leftover ribs and when you got leftover brisket, what do you do with it? Perish the thought. Well, very, very astute observation there, sir. Yes, you eat it. But the problem is when you eat it, people go, oh, it's so dry. It doesn't taste like it just came off. What can, you know, maybe there's something else we can do with it. Well, fear not my friend, because we are going to provide you with that information in today's show. And we are going to have samples for everybody to try, and we are going to take your used or leftover brisket and ribs to a whole nutta level. Can't wait. I'm excited about it. Can't wait to play with this. Oh, guess what we're going to do? What? To the ribs on the quesadilla. It's going to be a quesadilla. I'm going to add some pimento cheese. Wow. Bam! Wow. That's, that's kind of stepping out of the box a little bit. How yeah. nervy of you. <laughs> well, you're full of it when it comes to nerve. That's right. You have no idea. So excited. Yeah. <laughs> the flavor Bible. That's right. You've been here before. I'll tell you, the man is good. He knows the taglines. That's right. You know, he, you can't, I'm sorry, sir. This is my gig. Settle down. All right. 
But anyway, let's start with, uh, oh, you know, I, w- I also wanted to give a shout out. This is Memorial Day weekend. Yep. It's a very somber time. Yes, I love the fact that there are parades, but remember what it is. The men and women in the last two and a half centuries that have given up their life so we could have the freedoms to have classes like this, speak our peace, do what we need to do, become as rich and as poor as we're willing to work, the most amazing country in the world, and our fallen soldiers have been the ones that have made this happen. So I always like to mention at this time, it's a little maudlin, I know, for most, but I think it's most appropriate. Thank you all in the military. Thank you all for your service, past and present. Anyway, so what do you want to start with first? Do you want to uh, do the briskets, biscuit, and gravy, or do you want to do the pimento cheese rib quesadilla? I want to do the ribs. The ribs? Ribs. Ribs. Yep, do the ribs first. Now, before we start with your rib recipe, yep. why don't we talk a little bit about basic ribology 101? Okay. Rib, how does a person, what's the, how do you do a rib? Fairly simply, how do you do a rib so that each and every time it comes out right? Because you have 321, 221, 322, uh, weenie, 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 you know, so, uh, put in some soaking saw or some. Some, uh, what do you call it? Um, Some chips. Moisture, chips. Chef Amanda, you represent the greatest cooking device on earth, the Big Green Egg. What are some simple tips for those who are going into their Memorial Day weekend with uh, ribs? You're not going to like my answer as far as what's the best because here's what I think. Everybody has their own way about doing things. And if you are a Big Green Egg owner or you're an aspiring Big Green Egg owner... What you're going to want to do before you do ribs is go get on our forum because there's a lot of great information on the forum, and a lot of people do them a lot of different ways. Some people wrap them. Some people don't wrap them. Some people... Um, Half wrap, well, they wrap and take off. Right, exactly. Um, and then there's the three, two, one, the two, two to one, and that's how long you wrap it versus how many hours it's cooking. Um, there's turbo ribs. There's long ribs. And I'm telling you all of this because it's all for the love of the sport, okay? Doing ribs is something that people take the day off to do. It's not something that you're like, what am I going to have for dinner? I think I'll throw on some ribs. Not very often. Ribs are something you go, I'm going to make ribs this weekend, invite some friends yep. over. Okay, so then that journey is yours alone. And actually, I'm, I don't want to give away too much because that is the fun of egging and of learning how you want to grow into this. Because ribs and brisket, this is something that you grow into. I will tell you that when you do a Kansas City, which is what I did with these, you do a dry rub first on the ribs, and then your your sauce, your mop, is always going to be tomato-based if you're doing Kansas City. I will tell you that. Um, so you like, do you prefer mopped ribs or uh, dry Memphis? I like the mopped. Okay. I, we'll see, but that, it's all about, too, what you kind of grew up. For me, it's what you grew up on. What do you go back to? Where's that comfort, like the that roots. comfort food level? Yeah. So that's the way I always had them. So that's kind of, that's what I stick with. What about you? Now, I will tell you one thing. There is nothing that infuriates me more than when someone tells me, oh, I have the best ribs. I hear that because you're, you're the fat man. Everywhere you go, people find out you're the fat man. So they say, oh, yeah, well, you ought to, here's my rib recipe. It's the best. If I had a penny for every best mac and cheese ever and best rib ever, I'd, I'd have as many millions as I have pounds. I would be independently wealthy. Well, so you got to be kind to people for the most part. But here's what. If you tell me you've got the best rib recipe and you parboil your ribs, I'm going to smack you up. We're going to disagree. I smack you up the side of the head. Parboiling a rib is kind of like putting a, putting a, uh, a Volkswagen body on a Rolls-Royce Ooh. engine. Okay. Now, don't tell me you parboil. No. Do not. Of course not. No. Parboiling means they, they boil them up because we want to make them tender. Nonsense. You can make them tender. You don't have to parboil. That's right. And you don't have to overcook them. But here's another thing, a bugaboo for me. I had the good luxury of spending two years working with a competitive team on the professional barbecue circuit on KCBS. We did a number of shows. I'm telling you, if you want fall off the ribs, fall off the bone ribs, then go to Chili's. That's what they serve. 
okay? You take your rib, you hold it between your two sets of two fingers, you bite into it and release, pull it away. You should he see your teeth marks in the meat. And it shouldn't all release in your mouth in one big chunk. That's what KCBS judges look for, and that's what I have come to find. I've had the fall off the bone. Every time I have fall off the bone, most of the time they're dry because they've been overcooked or they've been put in the oven, for God's sake. So I want texture. I want teeth marks, slight tension when you pull it away. As far as saucing, dry, I prefer Memphis-style, a nice, a nice rib rub. That's where I think... I think too many times you get too many... I mean, everybody's got a rib rub. I mean, everybody that's barbecued for more than a year has the best rib rub that you can buy. I'll tell you what. I mean, we have our own, and, and, and I like, I really like it. But, man, I like to mix it up. I like to make my own. And if you look at how easy it is, you know, that's what it is. So, Chef Amanda, I'm sorry. I get really upset when I hear people tell me that, oh, yeah, you gotta, you got to have fall-off-the-bone ribs. Because if you go to Chili's for your ribs, I, I'll just say get them at Costco or Sam's Club in the freezer, throw them in the oven, you'll get the same thing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly why I did not give my opinion because Kevin just went off for five minutes about his opinion on ribs. This is how it always goes. Being the chef on the Big Green Egg, I go, first of all, I constantly smell like smoke wherever I go. So I tried to buy a car. Well, I didn't try to buy a car. I did buy a car. And... I was left alone for a few minutes in the sales office when they were processing all my paperwork. And then here comes the sales manager and the entire crew with my paperwork pointing that I work for Big Green Egg. And boy, I was there for 45 minutes longer yeah. than I was going to be because everybody had to share all their favorite things they cooked on the egg last night. This happened to me going to Sonoma. I got stopped by the TSA guy. You work for Big Green Egg? Well, let me tell you what I love to cook on my egg. Fantastic. On so I get plane, this a lot. God forbid you're flying to the West Coast and you get next to an egghead. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you're with a, oh, you're the family. Oh, listen, you got, oh, you would not believe. I go, no, I don't believe. Oh, well, let me, and then the pictures. Oh, my God. People will pull out their, I have been at O'Hare Airport. I was in, uh, I was in Shannon International Airport. I, in Jerusalem. They in Ireland, really? Yeah, in Jerusalem. Tourists saw that I, w I was wearing big green egg stuff. Oh, look at this. And they're scrambling for their phone. But I'll tell you what. Eggheads are the best people on and earth. And they love to share their love. And the That's one of the greatest things about it is the community, man. We have a good time. Well, since we are shameless capitalists, we Wait. must share <laughs> a few minutes with them. Because we are Chef and a Fat Man of Blue Collar Chefs live from La Corbon Green. That is, of course, the Big Green Egg Culinary Center right here inside of 285, right next to 85. And i got to tell you, if you're from Germany, because we listeners all over the world, if you're from Jerusalem, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Mike, my thoughts? Look it up. Chef and a Fat Man taking it to the streets of Doraville and the surrounding environs. Whoop, whoop. Welcome back, my friends, Chef and a Fat Man, the Blue Collar Chefs. We are here live at Le Cordon Green. We have a very nice group of people here. They're actually going to be fed, or they probably wouldn't stay. I mean, really? And, and, and by the way, folks, when, now that we have our super cool website up, chefandafatman.com, chefandthefatman.com, all one word, just remember this. I don't want to hear, well, I went to this website, and they had a picture in the background, and... Eh, Listen, our cooking is black and white. It's very simple. Our website is white and black with little color, but tons of information. Recipes, over 350 to 400 shows. We've got a blog post that I post about my musings on just about everything. It gets some interesting response. We've got events that we're going to be at, where we can go, how you can come to the show, how you can participate in the show. And we remind you, people are so excited when they come here because they go, oh, my God, this food is amazing. We have to eat and eat and eat and eat. Now, some people, like this couple right here, they are kind of the not best representatives of the Green Egg, okay, because they are slender and attractive. 
Big Green Eggs, the fat man sport. I am the fat man for an obvious reason. I know the Adonis-like physique fools some people sometimes. <laughs> but when I hit that pose, I get laughter like you would not believe. But anyway, no, they're great people. People who are beautiful and slender like them or people who are more um, rotund robust. and jolly like myself. Robust. Robust, robust. in attitude, robust in everything. Larger well, than one. Egg shape. Uh, settle down. You know, no more. Sturdy. Ooh. Let's bring out the you adjectives. Know, you know what they used to call me as a kid? You know when I went shopping for clothes? I had to go to the Husky. Why? Husky. Now it's stout. Yes, I'm stout. But anyway, enough about me. It's all about the food. Now, a reminder when you come to the show, you will get a chance to sample a lot of food. So just remember that. But do not make the mistake. I had one person come here one day, and he, he, was, he was all done at the end of the show, and he goes, I'm still hungry. No. Yeah, 24 hours he hadn't eaten because he thought he was going to come here and feed himself. I'm like, I looked at him, I said, sir, <laughs> you know, this ain't, a, this ain't a homeless shelter. All right, settle down and get out of here. Kevin. I, I'm, I'm good with King words. of politically correct. Yes, there this we go. This ain't no homeless shelter. Yeah, that's right. Get out of here. You're starving. Go get something to eat, you know? Anyway, so come and check it out. It's a lot of laughs. It's a lot of fun. A lot of information. Now, you are doing what? Sizzle, sizzle. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's very nice. I am making a quesadilla. And what I did was I took some leftover rib meat, and I heated it up in a pan, and then I took it out to keep it warm. And then I t I, in the same pan, I took one of the biggest flour tortillas that I could find. I like it. And that. I actually put some oil in the pan, and then I, I got the tortilla hot and a little bit wet on both sides, so I sauteed it on both sides. Then I took it out, and I grabbed some pimento cheese, and I spread that oh, all over. Smeared it. Schmear. Yep. Schmear's the new trending word for that. Um, and I put it all over the um, tortilla. Then I added... Uh, the rib meat, and, and uh, people, if you could see what was going on here, you'd see that Kevin and our guy Marshall, they're playing frisbee with a tortilla, so please pardon my distraction, um, but pimento cheese, ribs, and a little bit of cheddar cheese, folded over in a pan, big fat quesadilla, made with apple slaw, not even close, Kevin, can't say score with you, buddy, all right, apple slaw, what goes in the apple slaw? I know, tell me. Slaw. Slaw. No apples. And what's in the slaw? What What is slaw made up of? What's the key ingredient? Cabbage. Mayonnaise. Cabbage is good. So this one's pretty easy. So this is cabbage and apple. And I did one of each. I did a red apple and a green apple. And some carrots. How politically correct of you. I, I try to give all, I give all the apples my love. Yes. Little green onion. And um, I would have used cilantro, but we didn't have any. So we did parsley. Again, you know... You hear people say, recipes are guidelines. Is it cilantro? Right on. Recipes are guidelines. Well, p other people go, well, what does that even mean? It means that, actually, this is a great teaching moment. Recipes are guidelines means that when you look at a recipe, you can pretty much understand that hopefully they've taken flavors that match together and they've put them together. And if you look at the, you always want to read a recipe first all the way through. Okay, that's number one as far as just recipe goes. And I know I'm going, I'm going off into a tangent You can here. because you're the chef. Well, but if this is important stuff. It is. This is really important. There are a lot of times, especially when I first started cooking, where I would get all my ingredients and then I'd start cooking and go, oh, that was supposed to marinate for 24 hours? You know, that, I mean, really, I bet a lot of people do that. Okay, I know I used to do it. Now I read the recipe through to the entirety, and that helps me also kind of get a visual of what exactly is this going to look like. Because a lot of recipes will do things in stages. Okay, I just made a sauce not long ago that had sauteed the onions and the garlic together, then add the liquids, then add the briny vegetables, then yeah. add, exactly. So again, I kind of had an idea in my head of how that was going to look. So it's really important to do that. So if we did not have cilantro, which the recipe calls for, garlic would be fine. Um, it's, it's a close enough substitution, okay? Uh, and then the dressing, it's really easy. I didn't want a mayonnaise-based dressing because I think that with the ribs that something non-mayonnaise-based would be better because I've already got the mayonnaise and the pimento cheese. So I did equal parts, two tablespoons, um, canola oil, honey, and apple cider vinegar. You can have some. All right. Canola oil. Yep. Not good. Not good for you. Now, okay. 
if you're going to use canola oil, I get it, I get it. They say, but the more I read about it and the more I researched it, do you know what canola oil really is? Don't say motor oil. He's going to say motor oil. Yeah, I've, WD-40. I, I know him. Genetically, you know, altered because they didn't know what to do with it besides that, and they genetically altered it. Now, that's fine if you want to lube your internals, okay? But do you know what I find is absolutely – and now you're starting to get it more and more. Grape seed. Grape seed oil. It is – does not give off any flavor. It's got a high smoke point. It is – you can buy, you know, a, a, a half-liter bottle for like, I don't know, six, seven bucks. So now it's very affordable. It is absolutely 100% healthy for you. Look at – I challenge you, if you do not believe the fat man, shame on you. But if you don't, would you might not? Go on the, on the web, Google it up, read all about canola oil, read all about grapeseed oil, see who's trying to show you the love there. Okay, so with that being said, yes. since he just 86 the canola oil, no, you, you could, hey, Marshall, we please serve these? You could um, obviously use another oil. Sure. What you don't, what you want to avoid in this application is don't do olive oil in this recipe. I agree. Okay. Olive oil has its place. It's not a gene- generic oil you can use for everything. Yeah. Oh, that so. looks so beautiful. Don't forget to get a picture. I will. I'm going to make another one. Okay. Oh, look at this look on his yeah. face. Oh, good. Now, see, you could give them each one, and that's enough food for them for the whole day. That, that, fills, a, that fills a small... Oh, thank you, sir. That smells a fall. A, I a think, small I think in that my you're teeth. like... Making fun of skinny people. Yeah. I'm envious. <laughs> oh, a skinny shamer, Marshall a said. skinny shamer. Wow. Oh, I she- guess we need forks, don't we? Do we? Because she who must be obeyed has to get one. Now I've got to go cook up 100 pounds of chicken quarters and hot dogs for a fundraiser. So what's the verdict? Is it? A- I haven't even tried it. I just made it up. Is it good? Okay, good. That's what I want to hear. Yay! Did you try some, Kev? Because I'm making. Oh yeah. Order. What do you think I'm munching on? Okay, good. See, I'm, I'm munching what's, on all What's those... your two cents? Because I haven't heard you chime in. I don't have an opinion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it. It's really, really good. Is it good? Now I really like it. Because I'm gonna <laughs> just slap your spatula. I'm smack you if you don't. No, this is really, really good, and it's really. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about repurposing your meats. Because this is something I think is critical. And Chef Amanda will explain what she just did with this with this rib meat and the exciting things you can do. It's all about food. It's all about fun. It's all about a celebration of the good life. We're Chef and a Fat Man of Blue Collar Chefs. 18 years we've been out there pontificating and sharing great culinary. But now we have the greatest of all culinary chefs, Chef Amanda. We're at the greatest, I guess you call it the greatest shrine to cook them. The Big Green Egg Culinary Center? They call us the mothership. That's right. We are Chef and a Fat Man. We'll be right back. Just keep it tuned right here and hit it long and straight, baby. Hit it long and straight. Well, that's that's good advice. Chefs, now you know there's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure on the chef. She has to perform in front of live audiences as opposed to the other kind of audiences. And... Under all that stress, coming up with great recipes, doing it, being congenial and nice, occasionally she needs a refresher. And the fat man was here to help her out today because she was just trying to pour herself some refresher and it wasn't coming out, and I suggested unscrewing the cap. Reminds me of my days in Sonoma. <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, why don't we travel down that road right a little here. bit? You and a bunch of hens we did. went out to Sonoma. Well, yeah. to California. Tell us about it, because you started from the airport. You, you girls were a bit cheeky. We did. Six ladies on the road going to Sonoma for five days. One was an expert. The three of the four, five of us, four of us had no clue, and one of us was the designated driver. Let's just say the shenanigans started at the airport. We, one, one of us got stripped, not stripped search, but we got searched through at security. Um, one of us... What else happened? One of our bags got, um, one of our bags got checked, and then another one 
she had her ankles padded down, which I've never seen anywhere, but it was, I cannot tell you the kickoff to this trip that that was, that she had her ankles padded down. Anyway, we went out for five days, and we rented a house um, in Kenwood, California, just kind of between Napa and Sonoma. Which is in the northern part of the state? Yes. Southern? Right, yes, just, northern. Just checking. And uh, it was really fabulous. Um, How do did, you remember it? Well, because let me tell you, okay, we did five wineries a day, which was very ambitious. Again, Jeez. my friend is like, she's like the wine warrior. She's on the mission. Um, me, I'm just kind of like, why are we leaving? I'm happy. We're good. <laughs> so first, the first day we went to Napa, and the very first place we went was Opus One. We walked in. We said, hey, y'all, we're <laughs> from the South, and we're here to taste some wine. And he said, 50 bucks for one ounce. And we said, thanks, y'all, we'll be back. So we left because we weren't going to. 50 bucks for an for ounce? One, well, Opus One only does one wine a year. So, so yeah, so we, we did our southern retreat, and uh, then we went to Camus Winery. And it was, so, it was really great. And, and being serious now, we really did hit some great wineries. Um, each winery that we went to had five tastings. Um, and we did do a lot of wineries. I didn't taste that much. Like, I picked a couple that I was really interested in and would do a little bit. Um, and then we did, so we did Napa the first day. And literally, you cannot go to the edge of the driveway of your winery without seeing three more. I mean, it really is that close. It's all packed in together. Um, it was a lot of fun. We had, we saw some great stuff. We had some great meals. Um, we did... Sonoma the next day, and Sonoma had smaller, more boutique wineries, um, and the places that we went to in Sonoma were really cool because one of them had a lavender field as well as a winery, so they had all these great, oh, they made white chocolate lavender truffles. We did pairings at that place. We tried that with the wine. It was great. The next place we went is called Bella Winery, Bella Vineyard, and there we did the tasting in a cave. That was super cool. And then we went to another one. We got to drink by the river. We did our tasting by the river and Adirondack chairs. So it was pr- it was a pretty great trip. Did um, you make Boone's Farm? No, we didn't. We didn't stop there. We kept driving. <laughs> I I prefer the strawberry myself, but it, I've always been an favorite? aficionado. <laughs> um, I can tell you though that my one of my friends bought thirty two bottles of wine. The rest of us just watched her. So. Did you guys consume them before you got home? She just they just arrived. Um, oh. The other day, and uh, I think she's been getting ready to get into it over the weekend. But uh, it was really a good time. We had a really, really nice time, and uh, I can highly recommend it. If you guys haven't been out there, I would highly recommend going out. All right, so I'm gonna make finish up these last rib quesadillas with pimento cheese. That's nice with- of you to share it. And, and, and you know, I've, I've referred to it. In the previous show, as it did as hens. Now that's not a derogatory term. When we were in Ireland for Jameson's 250th anniversary, they invited us to come over and be guests of the Irish uh, marketing board. And so we got to go to Guinness and Jameson and do all this thing. We went to Bunratty Castle, which is a very famous castle. It's an authentic castle, and they do a true medieval banquet where they have the women dressed up and the jesters and the whole thing, and you throw the bones behind you. And they, and what? As wenches, yeah, they were you, they were referred to as wenches. Wench, bring me a mead, you know, and they had real mead. And they make the whole thing, it, it's really quite extraordinary. Well, there were about 20 women, all for a wedding party that was at the medieval banquet that night. And so we asked what was going on. They said, the lady said, oh, it's a hen party. And so... I'm going to hen party. It's an engagement yes, party. they're all hens. And in the United Kingdom, a lot of the women refer to each other as hens. And so it was a hen party. And it's a, it's a very endearing term. They had a couple people from the States. That were, you know, and it was a bachelorette party, basically. And it was absolutely a hoot. I mean, you talk about people really getting into it. You actually have to elect a, a king that gets a crown and sits up there in a queen and they also do the, they arrest someone, they're thrown in a real dungeon, and you have to vote them out. I mean, it's, it's, it's very touristy, but it's a lot of fun, and they keep it pretty traditional. So, anyway, that's where hens come from. So, please, all you PC freaks out there, I am not being derogatory. Just because you don't understand the culture of the United Kingdom, don't blame the fat man. All right. These, this quesadilla is so good, I'm making it for dinner tonight. Oh, it is good. 
Now, we're talking about repurposing. What are we talking about repurposing? It means you made more than you needed. And when that happens, I know a lot of people never have ribs left over because everybody says, you know, if you've got a rack of ribs, you're not supposed to stop till you're done, till it's just a plate of bones. But should you find yourself with extra ribs? I always do. There's, you can't, I mean, not just quesadillas. I mean, you could do street tacos. You could do, oh, you could do nachos. Ooh, rib nachos would be really good. Let's talk about how you repurpose it, though, because that's the key. Oh, you're leading up to this. You mean, do I boil them again? No. I know you better than that. <laughs> no, no, but, but you've got the rib meat. Okay, so I have two theories on what I do with the rib meat, and he's got a theory. So I'll share mine, then he can share his. There are a couple ways that you could do it. So you've got your cold ribs. We take it. You could take it off the bone or you could leave it on the bone um, and then put it in a pan and cover it, put it back on the egg, and it will steam them open. Or you can do what I did here. I like the crust and the bark. I like all that good stuff. So I took it off and put it in a pan and just kind of fried it up. But if Kevin, if you're stuck in a pinch like Kevin always is or doesn't have time to fire up his egg, Kevin, tell him what you do. Well, there's a great one – one of our listeners many years ago, so I was – Bemoaning the fact that leftover meat is terrible, especially on the grill. You don't get the grill. You don't. It's just blah. And so I tried water. I tried stock. I tried different things. To, she goes, do this simple thing. If you got burgers, if you got chops, if you've got leftover meat like this, take a paper towel. Get it really wet till it's dripping. Wring it out till there's not, it's not dripping, but still very wet. Lay it across the top of your meat, stick it in the microwave for four minutes to five minutes, depending on how thick. Bring it out, take it off, and what happens when you take the, the paper towel off, the meat's glistening. It, the, the olfactory is incredible. For those of you who don't, it's the... And for those of you from the West Coast, you don't have to roll up a dollar bill for this one. But, you know, you just... Uh, you, you, get the, you get the... And then when you eat it, you taste... The barbecue flavor. You taste the charcoal. It's not as pronounced, and it's never going to be as good, but it is moist, it is great, and it's about four or five minutes. So you could take that meat, cover it, fire it up for four or five minutes, and bada-boom, bada-bing. So that's just another way of taking grilled meat and trying to make it as close to the day it came off the big green egg. Why don't you ask the audience how they do theirs? Do you guys ever have extra meat left over? No? He laughed! We're the only ones... Well, no, I mean... Wings. wings. Okay. What could you do with wings? Okay. Really? A cold winger? Interesting. Oh, you too, huh? Wow. Mm. I've never tried cold wings, honestly. You made rib corn dogs? I've seen that. Didn't you have to wrap it up and freeze it first? No? Would you Tell me how you did it. Tasty little niblet. He's got. He, he needs a mic. Yeah, here. Repeat that. Okay, so I took the ribs that were already cool from the fridge, and I made a jalapeno cheddar cornbread kind of like a, a corn dog. Yeah. Um, and so I dipped the individual ribs, threw them in the fryer, quick fry, boom, tasty little nib. And this comes from Marshall, the man who is. Almost as full of it as Chef Amanda, but in other ways, way more full of it than <laughs> Chef Amanda. But anyway, that's a great idea. But whatever you do, be creative. In fact, speaking of being creative, the next recipe, which we'll start here in the next segment real quickly, is a takeoff on biscuits and gravy in the South. Now, when you hear in the South, you think of sausage. You think of, you know, sausage or just, you know... Biscuits and gravy. Chef Amanda, no, no, no. You're going to take a big green egg twist to a traditional southern delicacy. You're going to do what? Stay tuned. We're going to take a biscuit and make some gravy, cook some brisket, and make... I'm actually going to cook the brisket in the pan to reheat it, which is one I'm already starting. And then whatever little biscuit bits or brisket bits are left in the pan... That's what I'm going to make my gravy with. Oh, 
Yeah. Man, I can hardly wait for that. You know what? Because I'm always a slave to healthy eating. <laughs> Take one for the team, do you, Kev? Really? Healthy eating? Yeah. Well, do you know what I would do? I would lose the biscuit and just do the ribs you, and gravy. See, you cut out the biscuit, you save some carbs. <laughs> just what, keep what, telling yourself that. What are you all laughing about? <laughs> I do I do look at things different. I only eat half the fries. You know, I mean, it's different little things like that. But Chef Amanda, I got to tell you, that quesadilla was through the roof good. Why, thank you, Kevin. Well, I, I, another thing, let's talk about, because we've got a few minutes before the break. You know, another kind of interesting thing is the only, I, I've tried foiling ribs, and yes, that's kind of good. But if you, if you take it and put the ribs in a rack and put a little apple juice underneath them and then put it on the egg and poke some holes in the top so some smoke can get in there and do it very slow, you can bring them back and they're actually pretty good. Now, I like apple juice. You could use, you know, you could use whatever you want to, but that's just another way to do it. Ah, we're close enough. It is Chef and a Fat Man, the Blue Collar Chefs. Now, remember, my friends, we will um, be taking the holiday off for a couple of weeks. We're going to enjoy the Memorial Day weekend plus one. And uh, as we're getting ready for our trip to Havana, Cuba. So let's talk about that trip. Oh, fine. We could talk about Sonoma. But, wait, but I'm a cigar smoker, so going to Havana, I'm actually going to take a recorder, do some interviews with some Cuban chefs. Should be a lot of fun. I want to go. And uh, it's awesome. I, I can get your roommate for 500 bucks. You can go for five days and you get a now, free drink you package. you mean I can get me a roommate? Like well, I'm I got a roommate. I, I got a guy that's looking for a roommate. sleeping with people I don't know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sleeping with some guy I don't know. <laughs> hey, 500 bucks. You know, I'm easy. I, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, anyway, just, we'll chef leave that right there. The Blue Collar Chefs. When we come back. We're going to finish up with Chef Amanda's biscuits and gravy and brisket. Welcome back, folks. Chef of the Fat Man coming to you live from the Big Green Egg Culinary Center. Oh, no, I've made Kevin mad. Y'all, I never stare. get to talk. The stare you're It was the death is- stare. Yes. Well, anyway, my friends, welcome back. And yes, Chef Amanda does get to speak occasionally. I mean, after all, it is a cooking show. But anyway, it is, uh, what are you doing? Okay. Well, okay, anyway, I'm watching technical things going on right next to me, and that always befuddles me. But anyway, Chef Amanda, we're going to wrap up the final recipe of the day. Wrap it. Yes, but it's going to be something a, a take on a classic, mm. an absolute classic southern recipe. Biscuits, biscuits and, and gravy. gravy. But you're adding something to it. That'll make it really a Texas kind of thing. Heck yeah. So we got we had brisket left over last night from our shoot that we did, our TV shoot. And man, you can't get you can't be throwing away no brisket now. So I said we're gonna save that. We're gonna do something really cool with it. And so we And did. you decided to do a version of biscuits and gravy. I did. I did, I did, I did. So um yeah. So I, I'm reheating my brisket. And Kevin was asking about how do you reheat the meat. So for this, um, I literally just put a little bit of fat in the pan and uh, heated up some brisket. And I made sure that I had little bits that I could go with it that would stay in the pan afterwards. Then I got equal parts, which is what I'm doing right now. I've got some Crisco because Crisco is what you need to make a little gravy. I have some Crisco, and I also have some flour. And the tapping that you heard a minute ago was you don't want it to be lumpy, okay? So I actually sifted, or my own version of it, um, I sifted the flour into it. So I'm doing the... Isn't it amazing? You know, when we were growing up, about halfway through the formidable years of mine, of course, you were probably still developing a spine when I was halfway through my life, but... That being said, they, oh, you can't eat Crisco. Crisco is so horrible for you. Beef fat, all this fat so horrible for you. And guess what we found out? Not so bad for you. Fat is your friend. Yes, it is. Obviously in moderation. But all the things we're learning, oh, you don't eat apples. To eat too many apples, you're going to get this. And oh, don't do that. Coffee is horrible. And the more and more we sit around and more and more doctors look at it, more and more they're finding out in moderation a lot of these things are just fine. And I'm excited about that because mm-hmm. I've been on the cutting edge 
of uh, medicine and medical miracles for at least 20 years. And your wife also does that for a living, right? Yes, she, is, uh, she works in charge of the point of care division, I believe is the title. I don't know. She's got, she's got so many. She's got like an alphabet soup. I, one day I asked her, I said, well, you know, like, do you have a Ph.D.? She goes, no, I'm a ASCT, PCP, DDDDT, ESPN. That's you. She has like 12 different alphabets behind her name. I have one, F for fat, baby. Aww. All right, so now we're back to your gravy. We're making a roux. And why don't you share your thoughts on roux? Because you have some good thoughts on roux. Roux is a wonderful thing. Roux is a great basis for gumbo, and I absolutely love gumbo. The thing about roux is there are two ways to do it. There's a traditional way, which quite, quite frankly is painstaking and a lot of work. Or you can get a real good jarred roux. is called Savoise. S-A-V-O-I-E-S out of South Louisiana. You can find it in a lot of stores. And they have I've this beautiful dark cool. peanut butter roux with the oil in it. You have to stir it up. But once again, by the time it's been sitting there for a long time, the flour sinks to the bottom and toughens up and the oil's on top. And you try to mix it, you can tear a shoulder. <laughs> it, it, it's tough. So, stirring it takes you quite a while, but you want to get the color right. The whole thing behind a roux for a gumbo is color. And the darker the color without burning it. They have a peanut butter-looking color. They have a mahogany. Okay, let's, let's go through this. One is called a, bl- a, br- a blonde roux. Yes, there's a blonde roux, which you're doing, mm-hmm. which is good for gravy. Well, it's not going to be like this. It's going to get darker. I'm yes. Make it darker. But they have several different colors. But if you really want to get the perfect roux, you want a very deep, dark mahogany roux. But there is much residual cooking that happens with roux. Roux will residual cook for like five minutes afterwards. So if you take it out when you think it looks perfect, you're burnt. Mm -hmm. Because five minutes later, it's going to change a whole other shade and trash it. So you learn how to do it. Well, the beauty about this is this roux you're making is close to a blonde. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be so flavorful and so rich. And so what I found out was I make roux where I only stir it two or three times. And in 30 minutes... And at 30 minutes, I have it done. And I only stir it three times. The rest of the time, I'm drinking a beer. <laughs> and Your permanent state. It is. <laughs> and a fine cigar. Now, let's, t- but let's talk about this. Okay. okay. What you do is you take your oil and your flour. And Equal parts. And I would, I would not recommend oil. I would recommend butter. Yeah, we very good. I would good. recommend Crisco. Yes. Okay. I would fat. not do olive oil or anything like that. Any fat. No, not yeah, not olive oil, no. But anyway, you take it uh, one and a half cups flour to one cup oil. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's interesting. 99% of all recipes you look at, it says two to one, flour to oil. I found from one of the great Cajun chefs down in New Orleans. He said, no, 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 no. It's one to one. Cut it back a half. It'll be better. And it actually was better. And I put it in, I mix it all up, pour it into a sheet pan. Put aluminum foil on the bottom of the sheet pan. Stick it in the oven about 375. Give it about 15 minutes. You do your roux in the oven? Yes. Really? Do it 15 minutes. Stir it. Throw it back in. 10 minutes, you're at about a peanut butter roux. And then from there, you can go up. Just remember, pull it out and know it's going to go one step darker in five minutes. I sit there, crack a beer. And you know what I start doing to make it even easier so I can smoke my cigar? I do it on the deck with my egg. There you go. And you get a smoked roux. There you Which go. absolutely rocks. But anyway, we're running out of time. You've got to finish your recipe. All right. So while he's been talking, I've been cooking my roux. And here's what I'm trying to do, folks. I don't want it to be too blonde because I want to cook that flour flavor out of it. Okay? I don't want it to taste like flour. So I need to get it a little bit darker. And that is what I am doing right now. now you I can to- see the roots. Oh, but um bump Now, this actually... It's supposed to look like wet sand, and it's not really... It is. A little bit. I'm still going to add a little Well, bit. not the white sand that we have at Mexico Beach. No, That'll which be... you should talk about that, because guess where you're going soon? Yes. Right? Going to Mexico Beach again. Yes, so tell yes. the people about what you do down there. Nothing. A whole lot of nothing for a really long time. 
right? Well, I guess I don't know said. That's all he needs to say. No, I do, a, I do some of my best recipes have come out of Mexico Beach because yeah. I can try it down there. He's got an egg, y'all, and a golf cart and a, and a place he calls camp that I've been to that is definitely a camp. It, can, it is a camp. It, it is awesome. not a luxury condo, but it is very comfortable. I've got two, uh, two induction burners. I've got a green egg. And uh, I've got a table outside, 10 by 16 screened-in porch for five blocks from the Gulf, so you get the breeze of the Gulf, um, and you can hear it at night when Ooh, you're sitting out yeah, there. Yeah, you can. You can hear the, the, the surf. It's all that. And, and the there's a bear down there. A uh, what? A bear. Yes. Snuggles. Snuggles the bear. So when I went to go down and stay in their place, um, the woman who helps kind of like check me into their place, and I guess is she your caretaker? I don't know what you would call her. No, she is the she is the head of the park. Head of the park, Miss Fay. Miss Fay, and I took Miss Fay some wine to say thank you, Miss Fay. Um, anyway, she came right up and said, "Now listen, don't you be leaving nothing out. Now we got snuggles." <laughs> oh yeah, I was informed. <laughs> oh, absolutely, because because Jeffrey, her companion of gosh. He has to go out and pick it all up. Oh. So what happens is people come down there, they stay, they put their trash out. The night before the trash pickup, yeah. Snuggles. Snuggles know what knows what day. Oh, let me tell you something. I have seen mountains of torn trash strewn all over the park oh. because of Snuggles. Wow. So yeah, that's uh but anyway, back to you. All right, so I'm I'm still cooking my roux. Um, but I'm close. So now I'm gonna add not milk, but beef broth. A little bit at a time to make a gravy. Now, if I was going to do a gravy, I might add a little bit of salt, but because um, the salt and the because broth. the salt and the broth, I'm not going to do that. How salt conscious of you? I'm. I like the flavor of salt. I am not too salt conscious because I use the right kind of salt. And what kind do you use? I use kosher or yes. Himalayan. And I use uh, Himalayan. Mm-hmm. Pink. All right. It's colorful. So right now I just added some broth. And I got a little excited when I did my roux, so I have more roux than I probably should have used. But I'm making myself a little gravy here, slowly but surely. Turn that down. I got three minutes left to get this done. No, it's three minutes till the end. Three minutes till the end. We got one minute to get the <laughs> gravy and two minutes to eat and talk. No, we'll, right. give, we'll give you two. I'm easy. Okay. All right, so I'm working on this, y'all. All right, Kevin, what, what kind of gravies do you make at your house? I basically do a brown gravy, mm -hmm. and uh, that's it. I mean, blonde gravy, brown gravy, just how long you want to cook it or what, you know, if you want to add anything to get the color enhanced. Uh -huh. But, uh, no, it's gravy is very, very easy to make. And one of the days, maybe in the next few weeks, I'll bring you my recipe for making brown gravy very quickly at home from scratch. It's very, very easy with butter and flour and and it, it comes out really nice and very creamy and very rich. Mm -hmm. And it's very tastes very beefy. Very like beef beefy. Gravy. Yes, I like beef gravy. Do you do sausage gravy? I don't because I, I watch my weight. Watch it do what? Grow. <laughs> I was going to say. No, it's, uh, I'm not, I, you know, I never got into the biscuits and gravy thing. No? No. So I know it's a, it's a benchmark in the South. I just, you know, now fried chicken. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, fried chicken. Catfish. Do you and I bet you do the cooking on the fried chicken, don't you? Yes. So how do you do your fried chicken? Because there's a secret to that too. Uh, not since we don't do I a do lot it. of frying on the big green egg, I want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't do a lot of frying on the big green egg because I'm scared to death of it. I know you don't, shouldn't be. No, you should. No, you shouldn't fry in the big green egg. You yeah. should. You shouldn't fry a turkey or anything big. Yes, but what I do is uh, I make my uh, fried chicken tenders or fried chicken. Mm -hmm. What I do is I take mayonnaise. And I baste my tenders in mayonnaise. He then I roll it in a seasoned panko, uh -huh. stick it in an air fryer for nine minutes on each side. And you can put a healthy dosing of uh, crinkle-cut french fries on the bottom and cook them at the same time. And so you get, the, you get about six to eight tenders. You get, you know, a couple helpings of crinkle-cut fries, and I'm there to go. And you can do it with whole chicken, you know, uh, fried chicken also, but... I just like the way it is. It doesn't have that heavy batter like you get at Publix or at Kroger. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like the heavy, heavy batter. And I love the mayonnaise. You don't taste it, but I love the fat rendering that comes off of mayonnaise. But anyway, your gravy is rocking. It Basically, is rocking. you take your, your biscuit, mm -hmm. open it up, That's whichever right. kind you make. 
And then, you know, I would, so we're going to put the brisket on the biscuit and then top with gravy. The brisket on, on the, the biscuit. biscuit. Yes. And then serve it open faced. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there you have it. It sounds good. And if you it felt the need, yes. you could add a fried egg on top. Yeah. Yeah. Fried egg would be good. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I mean. You don't sound nearly as enthusiastic as I thought it was, but okay. Well, thank you so much, Chef Amanda. As always, you topped it off and did an extraordinary job. So many people to thank. First and foremost, the wonderful staff at the Big Green Egg Retail Center. And you've got, you've got Jay, the manager extraordinaire. You've got Luce and all the wonderful helpers in there. And, of course, this show couldn't work as well as it does without the amazing volunteers. And yes. we have two of the top of the top. The creme de la creme. The best there is. The best Bill we have and to Bill. offer. Yes. <laughs> Bill and Bill. Where is Bill? <laughs> Bill and Marshall. Oh, oh that's uh, Bill and Marshall. Absolutely the best. <laughs> and to the keeper of the dial, she who must be obeyed, Karen Jenkins. I am your host, Kevin Jenkins, reminding you, as we do each and every week, especially this weekend. Remember our troops and our first responders. They are the reason we continue to enjoy the freedoms we enjoy so much like nowhere else on earth. The price of freedom is never free. Millions have laid down their lives for our country, and I hope you never forget it. And leaving that, God bless you all. God bless your family. God bless America. And God willing, we'll see you next week right here on Chef and a Fat Man, the Blue Collar Chefs. Remember, my friends, always yell for when you think you're going to smack somebody. Yeah.